everybody, welcome to the Geeks and Suits podcast. I'm Chase Gerber, and this is part two of my conversation with Seth Jurgen. Uh, talk about all sorts of things in this part. Uh, we talk about the Oscars. We talk about Star Wars versus Harry Potter. We talk about The Last Jedi, uh, Breaking Bad. We even touch on The Bachelor. So uh, all sorts of uh, <laughs> all sorts of directions on this one. Uh, and then just a reminder: if you'd like to uh, be on the Geeks and Suits pod cast to talk about something you're interested in whether that be pop culture sports or something you're doing that you're excited about and want people to know about just uh contact me uh email me text me tweet me uh whatever means necessary just contact me and let me know and uh we can set something up now here's part two with seth jurgen so a few weeks ago i uh we released me and yanni we we kind of discussed star wars versus harry potter uh yeah. yanni defended star wars i defended harry potter i feel like i won but i'm also very biased <laughs> um yeah. uh seth i know you have uh you have some uh thoughts on this uh particular argument so uh yeah anything that that stands out to you i just uh, for me, like I'm, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Oh yeah, same here. Um, which, like, I was never allowed to watch the films growing up. I was, yeah. wasn't allowed to read the books, any of that. So like, yeah, that struggle I, is real. Yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. the same thing. It, it was not fun. <laughs> so you know, when I when I started dating my girlfriend, now wife, um, she was a huge Harry Potter fan. And I, like, the first film I saw was The Half-Blood Prince in theaters, and I was super confused. <laughs> but, like, even It's a hard that, one like, to I, jump in on. Yeah. Like, even in that, like, I, I appreciated the storytelling, even though I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was always allowed to watch Star Wars. Yeah. And I always enjoyed Star Wars, but there there's just... It, for me... There's just something missing from Star Wars. There's something about Harry Potter that there's just something that makes me want to keep going back. Like, I've seen those films so many times. Yeah. I've read the book series several times. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, to me, I get the appeal of Star Wars, but, um, but yeah, for me, there's something missing from Star Wars. And Harry Potter just has this element that makes, makes me want to keep revisiting it. Right. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of things. Like, I can't – it's hard to, like, put into context exactly what you're talking about. You, you just yeah. – like, there's a lot of little things. For example, because I, I was, you know, I was thinking about this as I was editing the last one. Um, even, like – like Fred and George in uh, in Harry Potter in the books, they they don't get as much screen time in the movies, but in the books, yeah, um, they are together. I've I've read through the series twelve times in total. Yeah, um, I can count off the top of my head. I think there's like three times in the whole series where they aren't like together. Whenever mm-hmm. they're like interacting with Harry, three times in in that entire thing. And even beside that, um, there there are multiple fans who have done like extensive studies on Fred and George as like characters, and have yeah. been able to distinguish like different characteristics about them. Right. Um, and and like that is something like 
no offense to Star Wars, but in in terms of character development, like nothing Star Wars does can touch something like that, you know? Right, and and th- and I think, in all honesty, I think that this is really what separates Star Wars from Harry Potter from uh, Fantastic Beasts. Um, I think that what what happened with with Harry Potter and it be- it benefited from being a book series first because had that not happened had Harry Potter not been a book series first had JK Rowling not like just written the first few books um we would have a Harry Potter series that was just like Fantastic Beasts that's just like any other Star Wars movie yeah. where you you have characters and yeah the world's interesting I guess but those characters just aren't developed and they're they're not well rounded you don't really care too much about them yeah and and then you end up with a cookie cutter film where by the end of the movie you know that some city is going to be leveled <laughs> yeah people are people are going to die and the stuff going to happen yeah and and the bad guy's gonna get defeated. They're gonna ha- there's gonna be a couple scenes after that to wrap it up, and that's it. Yeah. But Harry Potter benefited from being a book series first because she was able to write a small story about characters interacting in a small setting where Hogwarts didn't need to be destroyed every time. Every film. You what you go back to every film. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you you had characters that you cared about, and in a world that you cared about. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't think it's a question like for the film industry and where it's gone. Like Star Wars is ten times more influential than than Harry yeah. Potter. Um, I mean, there's no question about that. And I love, you know, Star Wars was the first like big thing I got into as a child. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Harry Potter, it's just. I, I mean, I can't even really describe it. Like, you just, if you've read the books and, you know, you felt the magic, like, there is true magic in those pages as you're reading it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's unlike anything I've ever read before. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like, I, I mean, it just, I feel like if Star Wars was, a, like, I keep saying this, but if Star Wars was a book first and it was about um, Luke Skywalker and he went off to Jedi. Like it's almost it, it. It could almost be the same book. Like Luke Skywalker goes off to the Jedi Academy. Yeah, yeah. Where he meets people, and like all this stuff happens. Like the stakes are high. Yeah, there's action, and there you know there's an antagonist. But it, like, it's not as big as you got to destroy this big Death Star or this you know you got to defend a, a whole city from total destruction. Right. I just think, and I think that's kind of, just to bring it full circle, that's kind of why I tell small stories as a filmmaker. Right. Because well, I know that those are the stories that appeal to me. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've come to believe this too, like, because the film industry has become so big and, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of movies being released every mm-hmm. single year. Um, and especially in, like, the last, like, 20 years where, like the big studio films have all become like huge franchises yeah. 
Um, like a franchise like Star Wars, no matter how much you you try and differentiate from you know past Star Wars movies, um, you know essentially every every single movie we see nowadays is like okay, it's like I took this film and this film and I mashed them up, you know? Right. Because right. I mean, we've had so many of the stories. It's it's impossible to give us like something that's brand new and fresh. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. No, no. I mean, I, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that there's really only four stories. So, like, originality. I remember, yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as originality. Right. Which, I mean, I, I guess I get, but, like, I think the, I think the problem with the, the film industry, and it's, it's been happening for decades. Yeah. Uh, but it's really coming to a head now, um, is even in the pitch process for movies – because like, I, I worked under a producer when I was in L.A., mm-hmm. and when, when pitches would come in, it was like – it was the same thing, like you were saying. Yeah. It's, it's like this movie meets this movie, and that's just like how everybody pitches stuff. Yeah, that's how you sell it in, in L.A., right? Right, yeah, exactly. And the reason you do it is because, one, it gives the producer, whoever you're pitching to, like a quick idea of what the film is and what the tone is. Yeah. So it makes sense on that d- degree. Yeah. But the reason producers want to hear that is because if you say it's like Jurassic Park meets uh, Star Wars, like they're like boom, boom, two big movies that have made a shit ton of money. Yeah. So they're, so they're like, <laughs> they're like they want to hear that. They're like, oh, cool, we can do like two really successful things and and merge them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's never it's never about telling like a the most human story you can or something that speaks on the human condition in any way. It's, it, it's honestly, a, I mean, it's, it's about getting, selling as many tickets as possible, which is fine. I mean, there's, there's definitely like, there's definitely a need for those kind of movies, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I can speak from this firsthand. Um, earlier this year, I, there was a there was a movie idea that I was excited about, and so I started like trying to plot out, um, you know, all the different plot details and what was going to happen and where the characters are going and all that sort of stuff. And I finished it, and I I kind of stepped back um, and and looked at the whole thing, and I wasn't even thinking about about this movie as I was plotting out my idea. And I, and I step back and kind of look at it, and I'm like, wow, I just completely plotted out the plot to Wonder Woman that just released <laughs> back in March. Like, uh, I mean, I hate when that and, happens. I know, and it's like, it's like I, no part of my brain was being influenced by this. It's just we yeah. have so many movies, like, it's impossible not to. And, I mean, Wonder Woman, you could just say it's it's basically the Captain America first movie, you know? Yeah, right. That's funny. Like when I when I was younger, God, it, I had to have been. It was either middle school. I can't remember when it was. It was probably middle school. Yeah. When I I would write, and like I was really influenced by by Back to the Future. So I remember, I was I would write like little short stories and like give them to my friend, and he would read them. And like one, I just remember one time I was writing this. I was like, this is the exact plot of Back to the Future, but like. I, not that like at the time I'm like oh I wrote Back to the Future when I was a kid I just I like I just watched the movie so many times and loved it so much that like I just loved those story elements so I just right. plugging them into my story yeah and, and I mean you and, don't even realize you're doing it no no like this this idea that I I'm 
um, developing right now, there were there were a couple outlines before the most recent one where I'm like sitting there, I'm like, man, this is really similar to like Interstellar, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or War of the Worlds. I'm like, these are scenes straight out of that move, those movies. I'm like, I've I've got to do, I've got to change this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when I uh, when I was taking script writing with Rudd back in uh, in college. Um, one of the people in our uh, in our script writing class, the the script that like the idea that he came up to, we're like, wow, that sounds a, an awful lot like Interstellar. And he's like, yeah, I didn't even realize it when I was plotting it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, uh, okay, so let's see. How did we get here? Uh, so we both like Harry Potter over Star Wars. I think we're both solid in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah take definitely. that, Yanni. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come back and defend yourself. Um, right. <laughs> okay, uh, I think the other thing we were going to talk about was uh, the Oscars happened this past weekend. Yes. Um, I don't know. How, how are you feeling about, about what went and what didn't win just overall? Anything that you felt like either deserved more credit or didn't deserve the credit it got? I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm just glad that Phantom Thread didn't get as much recognition. You know, Uh, I was, so here's the thing with Phantom Thread, because I know my brother really liked it, um, because he's a big Daniel Day-Lewis fan, and I know a lot of people who are like Paul Thomas Anderson fans, and I watched, I was like 12 minutes in trying to watch it, and then I fell asleep, because it was boring me to death, and so I kind of said screw it. Um, I don't know, did you feel like it was just like a, ooh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis, we're just giving it an Oscar nomination yeah. right off the bat? See, when I saw when I saw the preview for it, I immediately didn't have high hopes. Like, right. the, sometimes you get a preview that completely sells the movie, and then you go and see it, and it's just like, wow, that was nothing, I did not expect that in the slightest. But, like, the trailer told you exactly how the movie was going to be. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't really go into the film with high expectations. I mean, obviously Daniel Day-Lewis was fantastic in the film. Yeah. He sure. did a, he, he did he did absolutely great. But I mean, and I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Like There Will Be Blood, like I said earlier, is one of my all-time favorite films. Yeah. Great movie. Um but I what was the last one he did? The Master? Yeah. Um I liked The Master. I didn't love The Master. There were mm-hmm. just Again, it was it was one of those films that just felt like there was a piece of it was missing or something. Yeah. Um, and so with the Phantom Thread, like I kind of knew I was going in, like I, I was probably going to be boring, and I mean it, it was. And then the the end was just it, for me, I felt betrayed. Like I it just like com- came completely out of left field. I'm like, what is happening? And I yeah. get. I get that it's probably a metaphor for something else, and I really I don't even care to try and figure out what that metaphor is. That's how much <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't like the film, but um, uh, yeah, I it was just incredibly incredibly boring. I mean, it was well shot, it was well directed, but yeah. it's it's had that similar problem um, that I see in a lot of in a lot of scripts like that people send is just characters that are existing. Just, just thing like things are happening and yeah, there's drama, but that what's, there's no end goal. Like you never really understand what, 
what Daniel Day-Lewis's character is is striving for. I know he's a perfectionist. I guess it's perfection that he's striving for. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's very broad of like very a broad. like a character motivation. And and yeah, and when when that happens, it's like it's hard to root for somebody, especially somebody that isn't relatable somebody that's kind of like you get why people don't like him yeah so then at that point it's just like who am i rooting for what what am i what am i rooting for what is going on yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i felt like just like overall the the nominees that like i watched um all of them felt like they were more like nothing felt like original and like when i'm mm-hmm. like when i'm trying to decide what i would pick for best picture which i try to do every year um yeah. either i'm i'm looking for like a like a brand new fresh take on a familiar story which i don't think yeah. any any movies this year really captured that or i'm looking oh, for something yeah you could I, talk me into a few well, what would you put in that category I so a fresh take on an old idea would be the shape of water I would say is basically beauty and the beast. Okay. Fair enough. Told. Yeah, I I get that. Um I don't know. It didn't feel I don't know. It didn't feel like fresh enough maybe. Like it like it was absolutely like a like a take on a familiar story. Um Yeah. But I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I've described it to people who haven't seen it. I've basically said it's free Willy if they had sex with the whale. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect way to describe. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm very proud of myself for coming up with that. But like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like watching it as soon as as soon as you you heard that they're like gonna kill this thing that's that's in the lab. I'm like, oh, they're they're gonna break it out and then they're gonna fall in love and. Oh yeah, I mean. It was like I knew what exactly what was coming, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it, there was nothing surprising about it aside from the the fish sex. Yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, like you said, as soon as as soon as you saw what was going on, you immediately start connecting the dots. Yeah, and that that's the thing is like the it was a beautiful film. Yeah, should it have won Best Picture? Yeah. I maybe I don't know. I wouldn't but, have, like, but eh. I'm but not like, in the Academy. <laughs> It was beautifully shot. Like the world, it was interesting and production design was like terrific. Yeah, absolutely. In every sense, and the the performances were pretty good. But like, I just, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel to me like an Oscar caliber film. And I, I feel yeah. like most of the films didn't feel that way this year. Right. the The one that I was pulling hard for was Get Out because that felt like like the most original the newest like kind of movie that i haven't really seen before but would you agree with that yeah and that was that was a complaint a lot of people were making was like get out doesn't even have a chance this was prior to the oscars get out doesn't even have a chance because it's not oscar oscar caliber and i'm I'm like i get that yeah i get that you think like it's a popcorn film and in a way it is but like you're saying it, it was it was fresh it was I mean, I at no point in that film did I know what was going on. Like, yeah, neither did I. It's been a long time since I've, I've sat down and watched a film and like, just was like had theories the whole way through. And like, I was like, well, maybe it's this. Well, maybe it's that. Well, maybe what is going on? But it was just, I just thought, it, yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic storytelling. Like, Jordan Peele absolutely should have won for best original screenplay. Like, that was the one that was absolutely deserved. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, going back to what you said, like, I don't, 
like the last time I felt that way for for like a movie where like I had no idea what was coming and it didn't feel like anything else I'd watched um, would probably be Room back in 2015, which got a Best Picture oh, nom, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean they just too. they just don't come around. Movies like that just don't come around all that often anymore. No, no, yeah, I I definitely. I agree with that, and I think that's probably why this year just felt sort of like, yeah, none of the films felt Oscar caliber aside yeah. from Get Out. It, yeah, you just you can't always expect every year for <laughs> like fantastic <laughs> films to come out, yeah. and the Oscars have to happen every year, so like they yeah. have to select films. Yeah. So did you did you see I Tanya? I did not see I Tanya. Um, I, I mean, I heard I heard Margot Robbie was incredible in it. Um, yeah, I uh, I was kind of turned off by the fact that oh, this is a movie about Tanya Harding who had um, is it Nancy Har- Harrington? Carrington? Car- Car- Carrigan? Carrigan? I forget Nancy, her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nancy yeah. Carrigan. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't really feel right watching a movie about a woman who had Nancy Carrigan's legs broken so she could win a a competition. I don't know. I so never got around to watching it this is why i i thought it should have won more awards Uh was because they never really established tanya harding as the somebody you want to root for so she's not like the hero yeah so like the whole story is told almost doc style okay so like they start out with like some interviews from people and it it really establishes this world of like nobody is nobody in the film is really uh, the protagonist, okay. which I thought was I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and the way they told the film, yeah, I guess I guess in a way Tanya was the protagonist. Like there was there were scenes where she was competing that you were kind of like, oh man, I hope she wins. Yeah, but other than that, it's just like most of the characters were kind of deplorable. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah. I um I tend to like not quite enjoy like movies like that like if there's yeah. not someone I'm rooting for um but I mean if you do it in the right way I mean you can definitely like you know like you can make something out of that like like yeah. go back to Breaking Bad like Walter White is a villain like he's not a good guy in all of Breaking right. Bad and yet you know that I mean I'd consider it the best TV show I've ever watched you know yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it is the best yeah. TV show probably ever made. Um, is just for that reason, like how how was it that they, however many seasons they went on, that you still rooted for for Walt right. throughout all the seasons? And I know a lot of people they eventually hit a point in that show where they're like, okay, I'm not, I can't root for this guy anymore. Yeah. But for me, it was like. Man, even up to even up to the final episode, I still wanted Walt to like come out on top. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And what I find even like more fascinating is that um, Skyler is like the most hated character in Breaking Bad history, and she's like the morally upright one, you know? Right, because it's it's weird because like if you're rooting for Walt, you kind of. Like she is the antagonist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You love the shenanigans he's getting into, and then you've got this lady that's just like, 
basically saying to him, like, come back to normal life. Come back to things that aren't interesting. And you're like, no, I don't want to watch a show where he's just like a science teacher. Yeah, no, no. I want him to keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I uh, I just watched the episode because I'm rewatching it as I do every few years. Um, yeah, where uh, they're they're like they're like scripting the, how they're gonna tell Hank and Marie that um, that Walt got all this money from gambling. Yeah, and they're they're I mean they're just playing off each other and like a married couple would do. I don't know. It's just it's fantastic because you're yeah. like Skyler, shut up, let him like do his thing, you know? Right, <clears throat> right, exactly. Man, there I'm, there's so many scenes in that show that are just fan that's so good. Yeah. Just What's so your good. favorite season in Breaking Bad? Just out of curiosity. Oh, season. I'm not sure. For me, um, it's season four. Like. I feel like that's like the classic Breaking Bad season. Nah, I can't remember my seasons in in too much detail. Um, is is that the one where? Um, well, here, let me give you the rundown. Of... Okay. So season one, obviously Walt and Jesse like first get into this. Um, at the end, they they run into Tuco, and okay. Tuco like beats a guy to death in the season finale. Oh shit. Uh, season two, season two is the one where they're like building up to the airplane crash at the end. That's um, right. Okay. That's where Jesse meets Jane. That's where they get in touch with Gus. They kill Tuco. Uh, Skylar has the baby. Season three is where the twins come up looking to hunt down Walter. They almost kill Hank. Um, Jesse and Jesse and Walt start cooking for Gus in their super lab. And then uh, there's the whole fallout where Jesse realizes that uh, the guys that killed Combo in season two are dealers of Gus's, and they're using a kid, and he's about to go kill him, and then Walt runs him over with his car. That's right. And that, so then the the finale is is Walt trying to, they they kill Gale at the end as Jesse opens the door and shoots Gale in the face. That's right? right. That's the end of season three. Then season four... Opens with the box cutter, my favorite episode of all time. Um, yeah, season four is like the like it's Walt versus Gus. Like Gus is like officially taken over yeah. the mantle of the villain in the whole story. Uh, they kill Gus at the end of season four, and then see first part of season five is uh, them Walt and Jesse and Mike setting up like their own distribution for meth. Now that mm-hmm. Gus is gone, Mike dies. Walt gets out of the business, and then. Hank finds like the the Walt Whitman. Uh, oh yeah, then poem thing six. Yeah, well, I, okay. I think it's part two, but yeah, whatever. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I that's tough because season four is really great. Yeah, season season five. There were there's some pretty. I mean, probably because it's the the most recent, but there's some pretty memorable moments. Like yeah, I I remember when that like watching it on TV when. Um, Hank confronts Walt. Yeah, the tread lightly. Yeah, the tread lightly is like, oh <laughs> my god. Moment. Yeah. And then Hank dies in that season, and like yeah. that. If there was any moment in that show where I did not root for Walt anymore, it was probably that moment. Yeah, the uh, that whole episode, Ozzy uh, Ozzy Mandius, I forget yeah. how you say it. Yeah, uh, many people have coined that the greatest hour in television, and oh I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with them. I, I'd say that's probably the best episode that, <laughs> that Breaking Bad ever delivered. But gut wrenching. Uh, yeah, I don't know. For you know, me, 
Yeah, go ahead. You know, Ryan Johnson directed that episode? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's why when I heard he's directing Last Jedi, I'm like, yes, I'm in on this guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, yes. I don't know about you, but I'm happy with what he did, but with many the Last people Jedi? are not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Last Jedi. I don't, I honestly do not get the hate. Yeah, neither Jedi. do I. I. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, in, in this day and age where it's, like, impossible to, like, make a new, fresh take on a series like Star Wars, I feel like if he didn't, like, fully accomplish that, he came as close as he could, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it did some new things while also still being a Star Wars film. Yeah. So, like, I mean, in a way, I guess I get why people are mad about Luke Skywalker's end and him... You know, just being completely passive, but I don't know. See, I don't. Because, like, 30 years passed. Who knows how much he's going to change? Right. Right, right, right. And I don't know. Like, if if Rey is a Skywalker, does it make the movie that much better? No. And if if Snoke is Emperor 2.0, does it really make the movie that much better? No. I And and that's the thing is, like, I don't know. When it... When the... When a director, when the writer, whoever it might be, can surprise me, like yeah. that's what's exciting. Like the fact that Snoke died in that throne room scene was just like I just thought it was fantastic. It's oh like, yeah, forget whatever your theory was. Like yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly done now. Who cares if he's Darth Plagueis? Like throw your theory out. Who like yeah. it? It doesn't matter. Um, I had like half-heartedly like guessed. Oh, like maybe Snoke will die. I didn't actually believe it would happen, and was still yeah. like gen genuinely surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and it, like for me, I saw the movie twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time, obviously, the it was opening weekend, so the theater was packed. Yeah. I've never had an experience in a theater like that before where like people were just so stoked for the movie and like all the stuff that was happening when snoke died when uh i can't remember the lady's name who um Ooh, the lights light speed yeah yeah Yeah. like when she did that like that was awesome that was incredible like people were like like couldn't keep it in like they were just like oh my god yeah like it was like I've never had that experience. And then the second time I saw it, it was less packed, but it, people were still having that same, those same reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only experience that, that compares to it for me was uh, back when The Dark Knight came out. I went to that midnight premiere when it was like actually yeah. still a midnight premiere. Um, and I mean, people were like dressed as Batman and dressed as the Joker. Yeah. And I mean, that was before you had like you know mass shootings at at these big premieres, uh, and so yeah. they they've kind of changed them. But but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, experience unlike any other. Um, going back to Breaking Bad, do you know what your favorite season is yet? Or uh, yeah, I I would probably five? say season season five probably. Five. Okay. I yeah. feel like season five is like it's it's the season that you knew it had to happen, but you didn't really like want to. Like season right. four is like the season where you can root for Walt because even though he's he's like being a shitty person and all, he's still like fighting Gus. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. Just like th- having rewatched it again, like just realizing the gravity of everything Walt 
is doing is like continuing this journey on like he's the reason yeah. all of these things are happening i don't know it's, oh yeah it's incredible to you know just put it into context yeah and it's, it's funny because it, in a way he in a more of a metaphorical way i guess he sort of becomes the devil because it's like everything he touch touches turns to chaos yeah he's only he's only concerned about the destruction he can cause to keep himself on top mm-hmm. he's at the expense of anybody right well and i was watching uh back when i was watching my re my rewatch of season two uh i remember the first time i watched the series i thought them building up to like the plane crash yeah when you find out i felt like it was like the first time i watched it uh, it was like underwhelming and i was like i don't get it like why was this the big thing we're building up to yeah Having rewatched it, you know, two, three, four times in in the whole season as a whole, it's brilliant. Like, yeah, all of this chaos is caused by Walt and his actions. And yeah, right. I it I thought it was just brilliant. Well, it's yeah, it's crazy because it's like like the butterfly effect or like the domino yeah. effect, where it's just like the the pain he's causing people and the destruction he's causing is just leading to more pain and destruction. It's it's crazy, and I I I I had a similar feeling when I saw that. I think where I was just like, oh, really? That's that's what it was. But I I think honestly, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think the writers went in to um, that first episode and they wrote that in without having any idea of how it yeah come together. They actually did. I uh, I have like uh, one of those like making of books of breaking bad that i was i was actually reading through it recently and yeah they actually they come up they came up with that like oh really for the first like yeah they wrote it into the first episode and they're like yeah we're not quite sure where we're going with this but you know we'll figure out figure it out as we go um but the interesting plane crash uh no they didn't know like they they weren't sure okay like they didn't know but they also did the same thing uh at the beginning of season five where walt has like hair and hipster glasses and he buys that like uh what m15 like that huge yeah. rifle they didn't yeah. know what that was going to be for either like they okay. they just wrote it in and went from there that's crazy yeah blows my mind um <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if there's anything anything else you want to touch on anything on uh, your mind? yeah completely different from what we were just talking about but do you watch the bachelor i do watch the bachelor (laughs) i'm so in on the bachelor i'm all about that drama so okay Um, so are are you on board with like ari's the worst bachelor in history or you know okay so how long have you been watching the show Okay, so the first season I watched was like years ago. It was actually uh, the the Jason Mesnick and Molly season where he dumped okay. he he picked Melissa and then dumped her and went back to Molly. That was actually the okay. first season I like ever watched. Um, okay, I haven't watched it consistently. I consistently I started with uh, Ben Higgins season, which was like two years ago, and then I skipped yeah. a few, but I came back for Ari, gotcha. but yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, we've become absolutely obsessed. So It's so great. Uh, one of her, one of my wife's friends got us into it. We would just go over to her apartment, and I was yeah. like, this is so dumb. Like, why am it's I watching It's so dumb and full of drama, but it's great. Yeah, and then <laughs> Total eventually, you just get sucked in, and it's so addictive. So, like, yeah. We, you know, we watched this season and then 
we wa- we started with um, Nick Vile season, then we watched The Bachelorette, and then we watched Bachelor in Paradise, and then we watched Ari season. But then we bought Ben Higgins season. Like uh-huh. we're that was a we good just season. Started JoJo's Bachelorette season. Yeah. So like we're in on yeah. The Bachelorette. Like we're it's like so good. It is. It's so it's so good. So <laughs> I just I just had the chance to watch Ari's season finale last yeah. night. Um, so to go back to your question, do like, yes, I, I would say Ari is probably the worst bachelor, but not because of how it ended. Mm -hmm. I just think that dude has no business being on camera. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I just think like, he's he's, boring. He's super, yeah, he's super boring. And from what I've heard in a lot of interviews that I've listened to, an embarrassing amount of interviews. Yeah. Um, he he's a really funny, like genuine and smart dude off camera, but yeah. he just can't he can't emote on camera. I mean, it's no wonder he picked Lauren B. Who I know, right? Who, They're perfect the for each other. Person. They're both so boring. I know. I just I all I can picture is them sitting alone at the apartment, like watching TV. And, like, they could probably go the entire day and say, like, two words to each other. Oh, I know, yeah. That's why they're <laughs> that's why well, they're great together. I would say they would say four words to each other. Wow, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just picture them sitting down watching, like, wow. the craziest episode of Game of Thrones. And it I ends love that. And, like, <laughs> and he goes, I love that. And she just says, wow. And then they go to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. I mean, Ari's getting a bunch of hate for, like, for everything. You know, breaking up with Becca on camera and then going back to yeah. Lauren. And people are, are throwing so much shade at him. If I'm being honest, I'm sure he's, like, a very nice person and, like, a fine guy. Like, yeah. he just didn't know what he wanted. And I don't know. The same thing happened when uh, when – jason mesnick did this years ago like they yeah. got a bunch of hate that wasn't unwarranted like he's a he's a great guy and he, i mean better break it off now than they get married and then divorced because he doesn't love her you know yeah yeah no i mean here's i'm torn right now because i don't know all the details of what happened yeah um lauren b's been engaged twice yes she before has. this which is kind of crazy yeah. Apparently, I saw on Reddit this morning that when she broke up with her last with her previous fiance, she like took money out of their joint bank account, like took his dog out of his apartment. Yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. And I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But that's what that's what somebody said on uh, her ex fiance's sister. Oh. Uh, posted that on Instagram or something, but. Um, and then apparently Ari has been with a lot of women and like younger women of, is what I've heard. Yeah. And like, he was super, even when he was like in a serious relationship, yeah. he was really like promiscuous with other women, Ooh. but like, uh, and I don't know the details of how the finale got filmed. Like why, why did he bring the cameras to do that? It just yeah. seems kind of, it seems kind of shady. Yeah. Um, have you watched after the final rose? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because um, he made it sound like it's like, yeah, I wanted everyone to know that it wasn't her fault; it was mine. And it's like, yeah, not like not a great reason. 
No, no, no. And the, and he's sitting there on the couch, and she's like telling him to go and like crying, and he's like, he wouldn't offering. leave. Why isn't no, he, he leaving? Was... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she says it like three or four times, and he's just like, yes. He like acts like he's gonna get up, yeah. and like here's the thing: it's like I. Uh, my wife was like, why is he not leaving? And he's like sitting on the edge of the couch. And like, I'm mm. like, he just wants a hug. Yeah, like, that's all he wants. <laughs> he he needs, wants every woman he's broken up with, he's he's hugged him. Like he needs yeah. the, that little bit of affirmation. Yeah. So like he's just, he's waiting for the hug. But she's like, I'm surprised she didn't slap the guy. Like, yeah, I was waiting for it. I but, was, um, I was really hoping that she'd like just lose her shit suddenly and like tell all the cameras to get out and push I was, yeah and, yeah i was waiting for that too like after the third or fourth time she told him to leave i was waiting for her to just like scream like get out like, <laughs> yeah. seriously like, yeah he wasn't, he wasn't leaving yeah um here's my thing and the reason i think it like i'm okay with like the whole camera thing is uh, because they did film the whole thing and they showed it uncut, unedited, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, people love Becca now. Like her, yeah. Every like she's become a superstar this past week with with everything that happened. Like, and yeah, she definitely. she's the next Bachelorette. She she seems to be doing fine. Um, and I mean, when they asked her about it, she's like, "Yeah, it's a reality show. I signed up for it." So, yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah, over it. I mean, if she's cool with it. Like, yeah. but here, here's my thing. And this, this is just a theory I just thought of. Yeah. So what probably happened is um, the producers caught wind of the fact that he was still talking to Lauren B. Yeah. Around New Year's. Yeah. Um, and then he, they got in touch with him and he started voicing his concerns about his relationship with Becca. Mm-hmm. And so they just stayed in touch with him just to see how it all panned out. Yeah. And so I think at some point he was like, I, I've decided I've got to break up with her. I've got to call off the engagement. I want to get back with Lauren B. And they're like, okay, would you be okay with us filming it? Yeah. And so that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I assume that's at least close to how it, it went down. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Just because um, based on interviews I've heard with previous contestants, it's uh, – there's a producer assigned to each one of them, even yeah. after they leave the show. And so, like, they keep in contact with them all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but yeah. I, I agree. Like, I, I think he's catching way too much heat right now. Like, it's kind of, I get why people are pissed. Yeah. Like, it is, it is kind of shitty that he proposed and then took the ring back. Yeah. But, like, you're, we're talking about an extremely manufactured and heightened situation yeah where like like anything can happen like he like who normally has to choose between two people they they actually really really like well yeah and and my kind of thing is a lot of people are like yeah you shouldn't have proposed if you were like you made the decision this morning like you're still getting over it you shouldn't have proposed and my argument would be like yes he shouldn't have but also like it's the bachelor like right i'm guessing it's just like yeah heat of the moment i was like i'm i'm ready to be in i'm ready to be engaged like he wanted to be engaged he said it a million times like right right heat of the moment that that's just what it was like yeah and in a way like i i can understand his mindset like he he said he loved both of them and if if it was true like i i get that in his mind 
he had to make the decision to just commit to one. Yeah. And that's what he did. He just said, okay, it's got to be Becca. Like, I'm I'm committing to her. I'm going to propose to her. But then, like, like he was saying, like, after, you know, the camera stopped rolling, he was having second thoughts. Like, who who wouldn't? Yeah. And and for the record, for all the for all the people like tweeting out, this is so disgusting that the Bachelor would do this and and never watching again and all that. You know, the people yeah. are outraged at the Bachelor for doing this. One, it's like it's their show; they do what they want. And if you don't right. like it, just don't watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're the you're the reason why this can happen is because people will watch it. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. I mean, and it's it's reality TV. I mean, the producers, while they seem like they're actually concerned with whether or not Ari gets married and is happy, really, they're not. I no, mean, they're not. I mean, it's it's all about good television, and like that was good television. Like yeah. they were they were probably fantastic like, television. I couldn't take my eyes off the the like live split screen. It was awesome. I know. Yeah, fantastic. And like I'm sure the producers when they had this idea they're like, "Thank God because we like this whole season is probably going to be the worst season." Yeah. Because it's so boring. Yeah. Like nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah. It's like the conversations are like not even the least bit riveting, like Yeah. Well, and some of his like decisions of women to let go were just like confusing. Like didn't I didn't understand them at all. Like when it was the final four and he picked Kendall over Tia. Yeah. I was like, what? Right. Like that yeah, that yeah. shouldn't be happening. Like it, <laughs> Tia is the one. Like I know Kendall's like got her taxidermy thing and that's fine, but really? Yeah. I I honestly think it like and he, this is this is probably why the engagement didn't work out. This, Ari is a guy that goes with his gut. Yeah, he's he does he's not a logical thinker. Like clearly he's not. Yeah, an, an very in the and moment. An, yeah, <laughs> and it so usually a, doesn't work. Yeah, so like he's he goes with his gut. He leads with his heart. That's fine. So when it came to Becca, he tried to lead with his head. He tried to think logically. Like sh- sh- this is a decision that makes sense. And so clearly that didn't work, which is why he was so torn up about Lauren because like his gut was telling him that was wrong and he couldn't get over it. Right. Question. Uh, did you and your wife watch Bachelor Winter Games? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. think did that you? I think those four episodes were better than The Bachelor this year. Yeah, I would have <laughs> fantastic. I yeah. I loved I, every second of it. I uh a lot of people are saying that's like the best bachelor like in a while <laughs> yeah like the best especially like spinoff wise like it yeah. was yeah it's just like a bunch of cool people hanging out and it was great yeah yeah i wish they would do it more often i think yeah. they're gonna try and incorporate a little of those elements into bachelor in paradise yeah paradise is the one like thing i've never really been able to get into um, really i loved it see uh, like I don't know. It it's like just so much more trashy than like just The Bachelor or The it, Bachelor. Yeah, it, like it, it's, it's a lot of trashier. yeah. It's a lot of sleeping around and yeah. But I mean, the drama is great. I watched one episode I think two seasons ago and I loved every like second of it. But it like yeah. it's just too much, I guess. Yeah, and I I don't know. I think I. I think I liked it so much because it was a nice change of pace. Yeah. Like if I if I had to watch. 
if I had to watch um, The Bachelor, like, and then The Bachelorette, and then another Bachelor, and then The Bachelorette, I think it would get boring. I just like the, like, how it kind of throws a wrench into the wheel, like, it's just kind of chaotic. Yeah, it's a little trashy, but I just, I like how they, like, just throw new people in, like, halfway into the season. I think it's like, uh, like, when Nick Vile was on, uh, was on Paradise, and they threw in, like, his arch nemesis who stole his girl then, or or whatever, didn't that happen? yeah. I think so. I didn't. I. I've or did you not watch that season? season. Of, yeah, I've only okay. watched one season of Paradise. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, I I did hear you mentioned Game of Thrones. Are you a Game of Thrones watcher? Yes. Ooh, okay. So how how you feeling? Waiting for this eighth season a year from now. You know, it. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks that we have to wait so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. I have no idea how it's gonna end. I, I mean, know. I really don't. Um, which is good. Like I like I like to be surprised and there's some yeah. there's some cool fan theories that I've yeah. read. But uh yeah, I'm I'm excited for the the new season. Yeah. I I'm hoping they pick it up. Season 7 just like it it felt like it just like got off the rails as it kept going on. Um Yeah. And I it's kind of how, what happens with shows when they go on Yeah. Too long. Yeah. Um it just you can only ramp it up so much. Eventually, <laughs> it's just like, ah, all right, all right, yeah. that's enough. So, it's good that it's ending, but then they're gonna do the spinoffs, and I, I don't know if I'm how. Yeah, I'm not sure how I how I feel about that. Um, I don't know. It's it it's already to the point where like I love Game of Thrones, and it's probably like my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's exhausting to to kind of keep up with. Yeah, it is. Um, it is and like like even while we're talking like i i i can think of scenes and stuff that's happened but there's just so much that has happened it's just like i can't even recall all of it yeah (laughs) yeah i uh i usually try to do like a a watch through of all the seasons before the new one starts and uh, yeah and i started late last year i only got to like season three before the new one started and i I just kind of gave up as like a (laughs) it's a this is exhausting yeah it's hard it's it's different when you like with Breaking Bad because yeah, it's an hour long show, but that was on TV where there was commercial breaks. Yeah. So you're only committing to like 45 minutes. I guess it's only a difference of 15 minutes. But yeah. when you're you're committing to something like Game of Thrones with no commercials on premium cable, it's like yeah, each episode is an hour or more at yeah. times. It's exhausting, and I mean, I've been in, I've been in on game of thrones since like midway through season two is when i first got into it so i mean it's a lot earlier than a lot of people i know and so i've seen like the first two seasons like 10 or 11 times like i i've watched them so many times so going through that it's like i don't want to be like on my computer doing anything else but it's almost the only way i can get through them now yeah yeah i yeah i get that i I can't remember when we we definitely started watching late, yeah. which was kind of nice because I don't know. I like then you can just binge watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so much better. <laughs> I hate getting <laughs> week to week for stuff. It's so true. Have you? Uh, I, I'm guessing you haven't read the books. No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> have you? I I have. I've read them through twice, and um, the first thing that happens that I've realized is that everything else you read just gets like easier. <laughs> because really? because i mean the the detail is so precise and there's so many 
big words and like the pages are just paragraphs on paragraphs and yeah i was, um, I was wondering about that if that was yeah. going to be the case yeah and i mean the other thing is um where the books are written they only extend to where the show is in season five so season six and seven have no source material okay so like uh like john snow dies at the end of the fifth book and fans have been waiting on like they'd theorized that he was coming back alive but season six like just completely ruins that spoiler you know right so yeah interesting so i i mean i'd recommend them if you need a good book to read they are great but yeah it it might confuse you a little more yeah i and i just wonder if like the writers of the show like in season six and seven if the author of the book was just kind of like oh this is the stuff i'm gonna write into the book or if they kind of just had right so i've actually read up on this quite a bit um because like i said i've been a fan of this show for years um Mm -hmm. uh it's interesting because the author actually like in interviews he'll say yeah i know like where all the characters end up but i just not sure quite how they get there yet so it's like not even he fully knows how how the thing's gonna end i know they've given uh he's given the the like the showrunners like different things that happen for them to to put in but ultimately my impression is they're they're kind of telling their own story in the show yeah their own version yeah of it. that makes sense it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier it's just yeah. kind of the uh the curse of being a writer <laughs> yeah, you know true. you know what elements you want but you just don't know how to make it all cohesive right I mean, it's so tough, too, in book-to-movies because it's easy to say, like, yeah, the book's just better than the movie by default, but there's so many yeah. things. Like, there's different storytelling elements in books that just don't transfer into yeah, yeah. film and TV. So Yeah. Everything's got to be visual. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, anything, uh, anything else you want to touch on before we go? I've been going at this quite a while. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Got any new projects coming up that you're working um, on, or I'm I'm working I'm developing a um, a pitch for a movie right now uh-huh. um, that I'm sending around. Um, I'm like not committed to, but I'm loosely working on um, a an Amazon a series that's going to be on Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, with a director from. Cleveland. Um, I'm okay. not entirely sure if it's going to happen or not yet. Do you know who Chris Stuckman is? Uh, I recognize the name. He's a uh, he's a movie reviewer on YouTube. Oh, okay. He's got he's from Ohio too, but um, he's got uh, he's got like a couple million subscribers or something crazy. Dang. Anyway, he's he's committed to writing and directing one of the episodes, so. It's like a horror series, so I don't know. Okay. I haven't committed to doing it yet. Um, I'm um, taking more on more of a role of like a showrunner yeah. as opposed to a director. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that pans out. Um, I'd like to do it, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully that, that works out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm focusing on moving right now. We're in California right now. Yeah. <laughs> Never fun. Yeah, so we're we're moving to Arkansas on Sunday. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> moving all around. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of how because my wife's a travel nurse. So it's just oh, okay. How it works. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I get it. Does she does she work night shift still, or is she gone days um, yet? She's on days here, but she'll be moving to night shift when we Oof. when we get to Arkansas. So. I feel ya. Uh, my my wife currently works as a uh, <laughs> as a night shift nurse right now, uh, so a lot of free nights on the agenda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yeah. nights we're not quite sure what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Right. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got time for. So, uh, Seth, thanks again for joining me. Best of luck in uh, your future projects. And uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for everyone who joined us for this. We appreciate your viewers, the few that you are. So uh, stay tuned. Probably have some more coming out here in the near future. So thanks.